Bill English, welcome back. Hey, how are you today? I am I am well. I am well, my friend. How are you today? I'm just peachy. Mm, peachy. Peachy. Um, our peach trees are budding. I bet that's not true yet in Minnesota. We don't have peach trees in Minnesota. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what? I'm so sorry. Except maybe so or, or, uh, ornamental ones. Or, or, yeah, 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 those are bad. But no, we really don't have much in the way of fruit trees up here other than apples, maybe. We have no orange trees, right? No peach trees? No. Uh, plum? Do we have plum? Yes. Yes, we have plums. Okay. Cherries? Cherries. Can we have cherries? Wait, do we have cherries? Uh, they're not far that good, north? but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. You know, cherries grow in like in like Washington State and in uh, in the UP of Michigan, so you're not too far north. No, we're not. I'm just saying but that's a geography conversation, I, which I'm not good at. So we should stop right there. Should we? Well, you're yeah. the host, so you know you you tell us <laughs> what to talk about. Okay. Well, what you and I are going to talk about today, Bill, is um, family businesses and. When family members um, get into conflict with one another in a family business, it's actually not unusual for them to end up at a level of conflict where they take each other to court. I have a friend named Bob Howard who lives in Wichita who was uh, one of the attorneys for one of the Koch brothers when those Koch brothers took each other to court. And it was just this extended litigation because they could afford to just keep one another tied up in in court. Um, in issues that really they should have been working out in other ways as a family. So let's talk about family businesses. Why don't you give us a, some examples of the kinds of conflicts that family members have when they work together in a family business? Well, uh, for example, up here in Minnesota, we had the Lund family. So the Lund family owns uh, two grocery store chains. <clears throat> one is the Lund's chain. The other one is Byerly's. And uh, one of the sisters back in the early 90s decided that she wanted out, wanted uh, the rest of the family to buy her out. And so she asked for that. The rest of the family refused. And over the last, I'd say, you know, probably 15, 18 years, they have they have tried to do this amicably. Didn't work. They've ended up in court. It's now uh, front page news whenever they are in court. They're now in the, in the Minnesota Supreme Court. And uh, that, that's, that's just one example. Uh, I worked with a family of five siblings. Uh, one of them uh, was managing a business in the way that the other four did not like. And so through a series of events, they forced that sibling out and uh, in, forced an involuntary buyout of her stock. Uh, that did not go to court, but that did uh, drive a wedge in the family that I'm not sure will ever be uh, taken out. Uh, another one... Uh, the the dad did not like how the daughter was running the business that he had left her, so he took her to court and he sued her, and he won. And she now owed him, I think at the time that I read this article, well over $200,000. It's a small business. It may have grossed only a quarter million a year. And so he effectively put his daughter out of business by uh, suing her. So these are just some examples of what goes on in family businesses. I, I, I know of another where a, a brother and his wife cut off from the sister and the other brother uh, because they had loaned the business a little over $200,000. This is an $18 million retail business. They had loaned the business over $200,000. The business fell on hard times, uh, was not able to pay them back, so the uh, brother and the sister, I'm sorry, the brother and the wife just cut off. They they just cut off and they moved to another part of the country, and they no longer talked to anybody in the family over a $200,000 loan. These things happen in family businesses, and they are heartbreaking uh, to watch. They really are. So we have um, we have some listeners who have texted a question and asked you and I to uh, address a particular question. So I'm going to float it, and then you can decide whether or not we're going to address it now or later. 
Um, can you and Bill please talk about the challenges of working with our family members? What happens when family members are unequally yoked? I assume there they mean that um, that some family members are Christians and others are not. What does the Bible say about unequally yoked as business partners, and how can family members run a business as a business instead of being mixed up with personal things? I mean, I would say if you're mixed up with your family and business, it's personal. I don't, I don't know how to – I don't think you could suss out those two things. Could you? Yeah, that's tough, and I think the unequally yoked passage assumes that you can make a decision to get into that relationship or get out of it, right? Mm. With family, I don't think you have that decision necessarily. Your family is your family, right? You're born with them. And so, uh, you know, if, if you have family members working in a business and some are Christians and some are not, I'm just going to say, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say from a theological perspective, I'm not sure the unequally yoked applies in the same way that it would apply, Carmen, if you and I were starting a business and I was not a Christian and you were, that would be a clear indication to you to not get into business with me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I don't well, know. Well, right. So I think it's the agreeing on, on the principles of how we're going to run the business that yeah. maybe are the most important. Right. So um, I think that what what you and I are probably talking about are questions of trust, um, you know, business practices that are going to be ethical based on biblical standards. Um, And and then I think that the other conversation that jumps jumped to my mind was that, you know, sometimes family businesses uh, include people who have married in. Right. Who choices that have been made. And now people are in the family by someone's choice, but maybe not by everybody's choice. And so I think that it becomes very, very complex, particularly when we're talking generationally. Um, so maybe we could talk about. Um, well, let's take a let's take a quick break, Bill, and yeah. then when we come yeah. back, um, let's talk about how common it is for these family business disputes to end up in court, and um, and then talk about the power of forgiveness. Sure. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. My conversation partner is Bill English. You can find him at BibleandBusiness.com. We're talking about family businesses. And what it looks like when we get into conflict. We'll be right back. So, Bill, let's um, let's take a step back and return to the conversation that we were having just before the break. Because what has come to my mind is, like, in the scriptures, we have the father with the two sons, the elder and the younger. The younger, you know, gets half of his inheritance. He gets half of the estate, and he, you know, basically says, I wish you guys were dead. So there's this, like, family divorce um, but then he comes back, and the elder brother, who's faithfully been laboring alongside the father all along, um, you know, he's none too happy about the whole thing. What if in that story, although we don't have this, but what if in that story the elder brother actually has a wife? What do you think he's hearing about the family business and the the righteousness of the return of the younger brother back into the business, into the fold, into the family um, from, you know, from the person to whom he is now yoked, with whom he has now created a new little civilization of a family, but he's still in the family business of his father. Yeah, he's probably hearing what he wants to hear from her because she's probably on his side and is wondering why the brother came back in the first place. Uh, look, uh, in-laws are a big issue in family businesses, especially when they when they get married and then they are automatically given a job or a place of authority in the business. This is usually a mistake to make, uh, that, and it can also be avoided by simply, and, and I'm really speaking to all family businesses now, you really have to separate the family from the business. Participation in the family doesn't mean you get to participate in the business. 
and the business should have its own set of criteria for how people participate in it, whether they're family or not. You Once you marry into the family, you're part of the family, absolutely. You're at Thanksgiving, you're at Christmas, you're at Easter, you're at all the events. You are fully accepted and fully loved in the family. That doesn't mean that because you married the lucky DNA that you're now part of the ownership structure and the leadership structure in the business. And uh, this is a mistake I see commonly made. It especially comes home to roost when there's a divorce. So daughter marries son-in-law. Son-in-law's made a VP of, you know, fun times, I guess, or something in the business. Three years later, they're getting a divorce. Now what do they do? Now what does the family do with that? Because now the son-in-law probably has some stock, probably has, has a core uh, key employee role, and now they're getting divorced. What do they do? That's a huge problem that can be avoided by having a better assessment uh, barrier to people coming into the business when they join the family. Okay, so that's one example of uh, a dispute within a family business or within a family that is in business together. Um, are there some other common uh, disputes that family businesses uh find themselves in? Uh, oftentimes about money. There's often dispute about money, how money should be spent, and there's usually huge disputes about roles. Now, now the roles here are, um, you know, I'm, I'm, let's just take father-son, for example. Dad is the CEO, son is the vice president of sales, for example. Son is half hour late to a, a staff meeting, and uh, in the staff meeting, dad goes after son because he's a half hour late. And they're confusing their roles between father, son, and employer, employee. Uh, those often lead to significant conflicts in a business is when you don't have good roles and people don't stay in their swim lanes. Hmm. Let's talk about forgiveness. Yep. Um, because instead of taking, you know, a family member to court, it would seem to me that as Christians, and again, now now I'm going to make some assumptions about my family members and the way in which we started our business together. Uh, many of many of those uh, assumptions may not be true, um, but if we're if we're all Christians and we're also in business together as members of the same family, taking each other to court really seems ultimately destructive in in the in the worst kind of way. And it um, is. It and is. so let's talk about forgiveness as alternative resolution. Well, forgiveness is really the way that you apply justice in a family business, right? So uh, forgiveness is saying, I'm going to live with the hurt and the pain that you caused me without trying to get back at you, without trying to, to get justice in the sense that justice would normally suggest. And so uh, forgiveness is essential in a family business because not only do you have family members who need to forgive each other just in the normal course of living together as family members, but now you have them also uh, fulfilling roles in a business, and there's even more opportunity for mistakes, for wrong words, bad attitudes, things like that, that will need forgiveness. If you apply justice the way we do in America, you will eventually kill the family and kill the business if justice is just applied without prejudice. Forgiveness is the ointment that we use and that is needed to keep both the family and the business going. So that's um, that's a great burden of responsibility for Christians who are in a family business where not everybody is operating by Christian principles. Because what I hear you saying um, is that as the Christian who is recognizing that um, 
there's a problem, there's a brokenness, there's been a deception, there's, uh, you know, there's been a misappropriation, I mean, on and on down the list of things that could be wrong. Um, I have been wronged. I am going to suffer at least a financial loss, yeah. um, if not a reputational loss, right. simply by being in business, continuing to be in business with the members of my family. However, I am also in that relationship right now because I am, am a Christian and recognize it. I'm actually the stronger of the two oxes who are yoked together in this conversation. Right. And it's incumbent upon me as an act of what we might describe as second mile love to go the second mile to um, to exhibit forgiveness, even though I don't want to. I mean, it's really like grace embodied. And in business, that sounds like a hard thing to extend. It is. It's a hard thing to extend no matter what happens. Right. I mean, it's, it's always hard to forgive. Forgiveness is not for the faint of heart. It's not easy stuff. It's a cross, man. It is. It's, it's, mm. a, it's a cross that we bear. But forgiveness in business doesn't mean that we continue to accept poor performance, poor behavior, boorishness in the business, right? We, you still have your performance standards in a business, and if a family member isn't living up to that, then you fire them. Okay? You get rid of them, and you, and you release them to go do whatever it is God has really called them to do. So... Forgiveness is not about accepting bad behavior. Forgiveness is about releasing that person to the justice of God rather than your own justice. And God's justice basically says this. If they confess their sins to me, God says, uh, then the price is paid by Christ on the cross. If they don't confess their sins to me, then they will pay uh, for those sins in the afterlife. That's really God's system of justice. All right, so I hope that this has been uh, helpful to you as you listen and as you uh, walk your faith out into the world today. Um, this is a reminder, I think, to each and every one of us um, that we we are in relationships in the culture each and every day um, with people who are professing Christians, with whom we are hopefully walking stride for stride in the spirit. Um, we are also walking alongside people who uh, believe are Christians, but whose choices and, uh, and their actions do not actually align with kingdom principles. And then we're walking with a lot of folks who are absolutely walking by the principles of, uh, of this world. And they're not in any way, shape, or form uh, suggesting that they're walking by the, the, the principles of Jesus. And so let's you and I, uh, as Bill has encouraged us to do, be people who continue to operate out of the spirit of who Christ is even when that means it is quite a cross to bear. Uh, Bill English from Bible and Business, thank you again for your wisdom today. You are welcome, Carmen, and you have a great day. Thank you. Friends, uh, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a minute for break points. 